There's so much good about being followers of Jesus. Recently, I was in conversation with someone a good bit younger than me, and she was talking about her fear of being alone when she grows old. And as she did that, I thought of some of you in your 70s and 80s and 90s reaching out to take care of each other, taking trips together, calling each other to make sure everybody's okay, making meals for each other. It's one among many reasons that it's comforting being a Christian, being around people who share our values, who seek to be good citizens and care for others. These are benefits. These are rewards for seeking to follow Jesus. If it were a contract, this would be the big print. After Bishop Fulton Sheen studied a contract for a television program in detail, he came to the conclusion, the big print giveth and the fine print taketh away. It's easy to count the rewards without counting the cost. We can be responsible, upstanding citizens without following Jesus Christ, But becoming a disciple of Jesus means more. It requires more. The fine print is the extra cost involved without the certainty of the rewards that we would like. Here in Luke, Jesus and his band of followers were heading toward Jerusalem. Jesus had already counted the cost. And he had shown his willingness to give up the security of a job and home, to give up his reputation, to give up pleasing people, to do what he believed God sent him to do. He asks us whether we're willing to be similarly courageous and bold and strong enough to let go of the consumables that consume us. Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. None of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all of your possessions. I have this picture of Jesus taking a broom and sweeping away all these people who want to follow him for the rewards but are not counting the cost. But Jesus takes his hand off the broom and he crooks his finger and he invites us in closer. Jesus invites us in closer to hear him to draw our eyes away from the scenery around us, from anything really that would avoid, that would help us to avoid his challenging truths, to hear what he's saying, all of what he's saying, and to weigh whether or not we have what it takes to follow him. Count the cost. I read the story about Soren Kierkegaard, which was a bit convicting. He was a Danish philosopher, theologian, 
And he once described how he went into the great cathedral in Copenhagen and sat in a cushioned seat, and he watched as sunlight streamed through the stained glass windows. He saw the pastor dressed in a velvet robe, taking his place behind the mahogany pulpit, opening a gilded Bible, marking it with a silk marker, and reading. Jesus said, If any man be my disciple, he must deny himself, sell whatsoever he has, give to the poor, and take up his cross and follow me. And Kierkegaard said, And as I looked round, nobody was laughing. What do we do with that irony? What do we do with that tension between the stuff and the people to which we're attached and Jesus called to detach ourselves, detach ourselves from these things and these people? How willing are we to sacrifice what we have to be a committed disciple? We look for excuses and rationalizations, but the difficult call remains. Give up your attachment to your family, to your possessions, to your very life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. These are the costs inscribed in the fine print. Without other passages of Scripture... This passage could leave us feeling lost and overwhelmed. And so to our parched souls, Psalm 139 is an oasis. As Jesus calls us to detach ourselves from people and possessions and life, the psalmist describes the intimacy of God's attachment to us. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol in the depths, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. The psalm concludes, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Do you hear God's attachment to us? Do you see that despite whether we let go of our attachments, that God still remains attached to us? Writing some 3,000 years ago, this writer of Psalm 139 is inspired by the depth of God's personal knowledge of us. 
And today, even, we are awestruck again when we realize how intimately God knows us, how precious we are to God. Though we try to hide our weaknesses from others, God knows we're weak. God knows that many of us are moody and selfish and lazy. God is acquainted with all our ways, the psalmist says. And yet, Jesus still calls us with all of our weaknesses to follow, to become his disciple. In a cost-benefit analysis, the benefit of sticking with God is greater than all of the costs. When we come to the end, we are still with God, the psalmist says. And we rest. Luciano Pavarotti tells about when he was a boy and his father, a baker, introduced him to the wonders of song. He says that his father urged him to work very hard to develop his voice. And so uh, a professional tenor in his hometown in Italy took him as a pupil And he also then enrolled in a teacher's college. So on graduating from the college, he asked his father, shall I be a teacher or a singer? And he says his father replied, Luciano, if you try to sit on two chairs, you will fall between them. For life, you must choose one chair. And Pavarotti responds, I chose one. It took seven years of study and frustration before I made my first professional appearance. It took another seven to reach the Metropolitan Opera. And now I think whether it's laying bricks, writing a book, whatever we choose, we should give ourselves to it. Commitment, that's the key. Choose one chair. And so we have two chairs on either side of us. On one, there's a Barca lounger. On the other, there's an ejection seat. To what will you commit your life? The comforts of the world or the mission of the cross? Martin Luther wrote, A religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, and suffers nothing, is worth nothing. In a few minutes, we will focus our attention on the Lord's table. It's a reminder to us that Jesus was willing to go the distance for us. He signed the contract, committing not just to the big print, but to the fine print. And he issues to us the invitation to follow, to do as he did, to love as he loved, And likewise, to receive God's love and comfort and strength every step of our way.